Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Psalms. For the past three sessions, we have been looking at various aspects of Psalm 90. And today, just as a recap, I want to bring them back to together, this entire Psalm together. And I want us then to reflect on certain truths and then how we can find peace in our God. So let us pray. Father, speak your truths to us, not just to us, but allow us to see, have dreams and visions of who you are, who we are. To allow us to know, Lord, how much you care and love us, and how we can fully trust in you. But let, let, let these convictions be deep in our hearts and not simply in our minds, that we may truly know you, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 90 a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, you brought forth the whole world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, Return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. We have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to seventy years or eighty if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but sorrow and trouble, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your, shown to your servants, your splendour to their children. May the favour of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to point out, highlight two paradoxes, and two, which are two extremes. The first paradox is, about how insignificant we are and how much God loves us. The Bible tells us that we are like dust. It says you turn people back to dust, saying we turn to dust, you mortals. And so our lives are no big deal, it's just tiny. But it's not just our life, but it's also the length of our days. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by. And so thousand years would be like 15 generations are as insignificant as just one day, or like a watch in the night. And then God describes us, our lives as just one morning, one day. We come up bright in the morning, like we are successful and we are prosperous, we are doing well. By evening, we are gone. That's the value of our lives, really. That it's good for a moment, and then it withers away. And so when we look at what our lives really are really like, 
we are insignificant, infinitesimally small. But what does it God say about our lives? That He is our home. What do you know of a home? A home is, first of all, where your name is known. I mean, I have friends whose parents may have forgotten their names. Well, I have never heard of that one, actually. They've forgotten their children's ages. I had this friend who, when I asked them, Hey, your children, how old are they? And this, this man paused long, long, and then he said, Um, I really can't remember, man. That's about how negligent a parent can be. But have you ever known a parent to not know his kids' names? So first of all, our names are known. But in a perfect home, there is warmth, there is safety, there is love, there is belonging. Can you imagine a tiny insignificant us, a speck of dust among billions of specks of dust? And God says, I am your home. He said to homeless Moses, who travelled far and long without a place to settle, and Moses said, you are my home. Think for a moment then, that though you are nothing, God recognises you, he knows you by name. You are his child and you're special to him. But think again then that just it's not just about your insignificance, it's also about the smallest, smallness of your problems. As much as we are insignificant, so are our enemies. As much as we are insignificant, so are the problems that seem to loom before us. They too are infinitesimally small. And if God is your home, if God is the place where you can rest, if God is the one who protects you, what are these problems to you? You see, these are only rhetorical questions until you spend time to ask these questions of God and of yourself. God, if you are really so big and my problems are really so small, then let me rest in you and find my comfort, find my strength, find my security, find my name in you. I want you to try this. That no matter how big your problems is, take a good look at how God treats you as a beloved child. You're all right at home. I remember as a kid, whenever I did badly in school or got punished, the first place I would think of going to was back home. And I remember my first breakup with a girlfriend and first thing I person I ran to was my mum and she was why she gave me a gave me a steak. And that kind of cheered me up a little bit. But home is where comfort is. When you are troubled by the many troubles in your life, run home to God and find your rest, your security, your comfort in Him. The second paradox is about what the nature of our lives are and is, what the nature of our lives is, what God can make it to be. Bible tells us first that we are self-destructive, that our sins, our iniquities are forever in the presence of God. I mentioned before that the carnage before God's eyes and before our eyes is not just a sin of others, it's a collective sin. 
We hurt and are hurt. We kill and are killed. Jesus told Peter, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. And this is exactly what has been happening to the earth. That when we are hurt, we hurt others. And whatever schemes we have of taking revenge, of get extricating us, digs deeper and causes more destruction upon our lives and upon the earth. And so our lot is a miserable lot. The psalmist says, Our days may come to 70 years or 80 of our strength and yours. Tangming, they say, long life. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Regardless of how long our lives are, they are filled with trouble and with sorrow. That's our lot in life throughout because we hurt and are hurt by others. All our days pass under God's wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Long life is not exciting because long life is merely more trouble and more sorrow. And that is because the consequences of our sin are self-destructiveness. It's a terribly bleak picture. But then the psalmist prays, and that's the paradox. Psalmist prays for a miracle. He asks, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. All our days are supposed to be miserable, filled with trouble and sorrow. But the psalmist asks God, make it different. Make each day a day of joy. For all the days that I have suffered, you have afflicted us. Make us glad. The psalmist is praying for something that's impossible. And yet, two things to note. First, that he doesn't do it himself. Because the more we try to create happiness for ourselves, the more we try to take revenge, to fight off our enemies, the greater the destruction we leave behind. The psalmist doesn't try anymore. Instead, he calls out to God, work a miracle, work something that is impossible. Allow me to sing for joy and be glad all my days. I'll be satisfied in the morning with your unfailing love, that for all the days that I have been troubled, make me glad. I want you to know that truth as well. That for all that we do to make ourselves happy, to preserve self-preservation, hurts us all the more. But when we surrender to God and say, God, I'm not fighting it anymore. And then we say, but God, give me my heart's desire. Satisfy me early in the morning. You know, one of the things that I find that is most necessary for all of us is to have a good talk with God. How often have you asked God to give you the desires of your heart? Not dictating to Him what you want, I want this, this, this or that. Or not even spending our time scheming as to how to get the things we want. Often in our prayers, we start with a prayer and then we go on to making plans and schemes. The schemes of men are vain. But we keep making plans and schemes to make life better for ourselves or to get rid of our enemies or to take revenge. 
But if we were to spend time and honestly tell God simply, these are the desires of my heart. Many of us have many problems at home. You may be in the middle of a crossfire between parent and child, or you yourself may be having problems with your children or with your spouse. And the desire of your heart is that there will be peace and there will be love. Speak to God about these desires of your heart. Tell God about the conflict. Tell God what you want out of that conflict. What really is your heart's desire? And God will hear it, even if it's ignoble, even if you're afraid that it's not politically or religiously kosher. Say it to God anyway. If it's wrong, God will tell you. But be honest with God and tell God what really is in your heart. And your loving Father will make a difference. So if you pray wrong, never mind. Don't, don't worry about praying wrong. God's not going to punish you. You are His beloved child. He will surprise you with what are truly beautiful. But first, you need to talk to God. You need to turn to God. and No longer take things into your own hands. I know I sound very vague and that's because there's so many issues to think about in each of your lives. Whatever the issues are, whether it is in your work, you need wisdom, whether it is in your family that you feel very troubled about, talk to God and remember that you are called His child and you're called to run home and be with God. Let us pray. Father, you have been our home all this while. That though we are infinitely small, yet we are precious in your eyes. And Father, though the lot of mankind is miserable because we are hurt and we hurt in return, because we tend to bring more problems upon ourselves as we try to extricate us from our own problems. But Lord, you tell us to pray unimaginably big prayers. Prayers for miracle that though our lot be of trouble and suffering and sorrow, and you tell us to ask instead for joy in the morning, for gladness in the remaining times of our lives. Father, we turn to you and we don't want to take things into our own hands now. We want to pray to you and trust that you give. And then, Lord, guide us in the way we should respond. Guide us in how, what the things that we should say and the things that we should do, that the works of our hands will truly be established, not another creator of carnage, but Lord, when you guide us, the words that we say and the things that we do, then Lord, the works of our hands will be established. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening and come back with, um, I think it's Psalm 27 on Thursday. Let me check and, well, Thursday will be a surprise whichever psalm it is, but come and join us again. God bless you and goodbye.